This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Happy Tuesday, Memphis, and welcome to your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. I am Christy Mullen, one of your hosts, and today I am joined by one of the many Annas that I get to luckily work with, Anna Thompson. How are you doing? I'm doing great this morning, Christy. How about you? I'm thriving. Look, we're thriving. We've had a lot of cold brew. Alrighty, living our best life over here. <laughs> I love it. Cold brew in the in the cold time of year. Look, and I know it's a controversial opinion. I love a good hot coffee in winter, but there's just something about you know when you need it, you need it quick. Like the cold brew just goes down. So you need, easy. Yeah, <laughs> whenever you need a hit of caffeine, yeah. all right. <laughs> I don't have to wait for it to cool off. Um, so guys, it's super exciting to have you today because we are on our second of our two Educator of Excellence episodes and. It is just such a good one, and I am going to kick it to AT to tell you all the goodness we have in store for you today. So, like Christy said, this is our second Educator of Excellence episode, and today we will be talking to Taylor Cow, the Director of Student Life and a 7th grade science instructor, among many other titles, at St. George's Independent School. And then after that, we will be chatting with Erin Youngblood, who is a geometry teacher at Martin Luther King College Prep High School. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Um, and double bonus, both Taylor and Erin are New Memphis Embark alum. Woo! And we've also had the wonderful pleasure of having Erin do a diversity and inclusion workshop mm-hmm. with us as a new um, as a New Memphis staff. Mm-hmm. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode and let's chat with two of our 2021 New Memphis Educators of Excellence. Let's do it. All right, Taylor, welcome to the studio. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's super exciting to have you. We love having our new Educators of Excellence to present to the community and got this cool new platform to do it. So. It's pretty sweet and I really like it a lot. Yeah, you're you're one of the first EOEs to do this now because this is our first year rolling it out. So Wonderful. look at you, trailblazer. Um, so let's get right down to let's it. Let's do it. First question out of the gate. Why teaching? What is it that made you want to be a teacher? Uh, I feel like that's a loaded question. It is. Um, I'm waiting for the loaded okay, answer. Okay, so I feel like I need to like set it up in order to Please answer the question. Please do. I love a good... Take us back. Yeah, so it all started when my family immigrated to America mm-hmm. um, decades ago, and I became the first natural-born uh, citizen in my family. Oh, and wow. so there's always that sense of, I don't know, expectation mm-hmm. to be met. That was set by my family um, because they came to America in search of a better life than where right. they came from. And so that was always instilled in me. And the way to do that was through education. They always said, you have to have, be, have a great education, um, make all A's, yeah. excel in school. They were like, this is not an option yeah, for it, you. Yeah, it <laughs> wasn't. Um, the expectations were A's and yeah. uh, they expected only that and nothing less than that. And so I, you know, had that intrinsic but also external motivation for most of my life. So um I can't say I always enjoyed school, but I always right. tried my best to excel as much as I could. Um, so because my family immigrated here, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up. Mm-hmm. So we lived in a low income, modest area of where I'm from, which is Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. And so I went to the neighborhood school, didn't think anything of it. And then um, in middle school, I had a seventh grade ELA teacher named Miss Burns. Now, Miss Burns was always on me about getting my work done and all this right. other stuff. And she saw a lot of potential in me. She said, Taylor, there is this prestigious private school in the area that I think you should apply to because I think you have good grades and you have the means, or mm-hmm. not the means, but the, um, Got the, abil- yeah, the, yeah. the ability to get there and to excel there. And I said, okay, why not? Um, we, like, I'll uh, give it a shot. Yeah. Why not? So my mom <laughs> I'm had, in middle school. What's there yeah, to lose? <laughs> I was 13 years old. I had no idea what I was talk- she was yeah. talking about. I was like, I went home to my mom. She's like, yeah, sure, why not? Right. And so we went through the interview process. Uh, this is beginning of seventh grade. This is to enroll for freshman year of high school. Okay. So eighth grade, probably like December, I kind of got in. I was like, this is cool. And mm-hmm. so then I realized like, oh, shoot, none of my friends are going to be going That's what I was saying, yeah, you're switching schools at high school of all Yeah, <laughs> and all my friends were going to the neighborhood yeah. high school, which is where my brothers went, which is where like I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. 
and my mom's like, no, you got into the school. You got to go. Right. You got to go. I'm like, well, it costs a lot of money. How are we going to get there? Right? Because it was a private school. Yeah. There's tuition and all this other stuff. And she's like, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Mm-hmm. So I ended up applying, getting financial aid. Most of my school was paid for. So I ended up attending um, this really prestigious school in Knoxville called the Webb School in Knoxville. Okay. Um, and it completely changed my life for good and bad. Yeah. So for me, and your viewers can't see this, but I am a male person of color. Yes. Um, my, my family come from, came from Vietnam. So I don't look like a lot of people around mm-hmm. me. I uh, certainly don't speak like a lot of people around me at that time. And so going from a pretty diverse school of a lot of um, black, Hispanic, white students and Asian students to being dropped in a school where mm-hmm. it was 98% white kids. Right. I looked different. It was very interesting. So high school was very rough for me. Um, going to a place where people had a lot more means than I did. Mm-hmm. The socioeconomic levels were a lot different. And just you know, culturally, it was all different. Yeah. You're like getting shocked from all, oh, yeah. angles, all angles, I feel like. And like, I'm 14 years old. You're right. Right? Like, in 14, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to fit in, find out who I am. And the life stuff that's happening in your brain exactly, at the same time right? you're trying to navigate. That. So I got thrown in and was forced to like adjust, uh, adapt, and then also like excel in school as well. Mm-hmm. And school was a lot harder because there was a different expectations and um, it was just very different. So I did not do very well my freshman year of high school. <laughs> My mom was not very happy, <laughs> and I begged my mom every single year to let me transfer. Just like at the end of the year, please let me transfer back. Like to I you. gave it a good try again yeah. for and another she's like, year. No, you got in. You're sticking it out. Yeah. No, you got every even like after my junior year, going to my senior year, I begged my mom to let me transfer. She said no. Wow. So I ended up graduating from there, and I was given an amazing education, and like was the first person in my family to. Um, graduate from college because of that. Mm-hmm. Like freshman year of college. A breeze, like a joke. I was like making all A's. I was like, this is so easy. What is going on? Um, so graduated from high school, went to Lipscomb University and thought I wanted to study kinesiology to become a physical therapist, okay. which is what I did. So college was great. A lot of friends, um, super easy. And then the summer before my senior year of college, I interned for a church down here in Memphis okay. called Highland Church of Christ out in Cordova. Because I had a fraternity brother who, um, his dad was a pastor there, the youth pastor. Okay. So I was like, sure, I'll go down there, live in Memphis for I'll give summer. it a shot. I've never <laughs> been to Memphis before. I've heard lots of... Worth a trip. <laughs> well, lots of things about Memphis, so I thought I would come down here for the summer. And right. Like, loved it. I, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is so much fun being around teenagers. <laughs> this is this is cool. And then one of the elders at the church was like, hey, Taylor, you're really good with teenagers. I was like... Okay, thanks. I'm like, are you telling me I have youth pastor? Yeah, yeah. Right I was now? like, I really don't want doing? that. He's like, hey, I've got a friend in town. He runs this teaching preparation training thing yeah. called the Memphis Teacher Residency. Mm-hmm. His name is David Montague. You have to go meet him. I'm like, sure, why not? So I was trying to be courteous. So I was like, I went to my boss. I'm like, hey, I'm about to go meet this guy. Is that okay? He's like, sure. Make sure you put on a tie. Mm. I was like, what do you mean? Just put on a tie. Just do it. <laughs> go down there. So I drove from Cordova down to Union Avenue, where the MTR headquarters used to be on mm-hmm. at Union Avenue Baptist Church, right there on the corner of Union and, I think, Cooper. Um, downstairs in the basement, and wow. I met David Montague, who is this tall, lanky, white guy, <laughs> yeah. and a coat and tie, and uh, kind of showed me around and mm-hmm. gave me his vision of what MTR was going to be, as far as, like, bringing quality education mm-hmm. to students all around memphis of different backgrounds and colors and faith and i was just like that is the whole goal to br- provide that within a christian context and i was like this is amazing <laughs> i was like where was this in knoxville when i was a kid like i right. yes i'm doing this so beginning of senior year i i applied while also applying to physical therapy school okay because i was like my mom really wants me to do physical therapy mm-hmm. school hey, this is, you know, yeah i've done the court yeah fine. and so I'll never forget. It was December, no, excuse me, January of my senior year. It's the f- last first day of classes for me, mm-hmm. I guess. I get a phone call from a 901 number, and I was like, This is it. This is the one. <laughs> either they are calling to tell me I didn't get in, or I got in. Right. So I pick it up, and I'm like, <clears throat> This is Taylor Cowell. <laughs> Trying to be all professional. Yeah. Like, hey, this is MTR. Just let you know that uh, we reviewed your application and your process, and you're admitted. We would love to have you 
begun the cohort of 2016 fall class or whatever. I was like, wow. oh my gosh, this is <laughs> So I'm like strolling into my senior classes that morning. My ADM is like, hey, I got into grad school and we all freaked out mm-hmm. as a class. It was really fun. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm going to become a teacher. So I, it was a really awkward phone call when I called my mom. That I was, that was going to be my question is like, how was that reaction? I was like, Hey mom, remember that whole plan of, you know, you come to America and you sacrificing a whole lot and working really hard for me and providing a whole lot for me and my, my brothers. I am no longer going to go to physical therapy school. Instead, I'm going to move to Memphis, Tennessee and become a teacher. And that was really uncomfortable. Um, it was like just silence. <laughs> she, it took a lot of me like convincing her. I'm like, hey, I'm getting right. a free master's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, not guaranteed, but I'm pretty much guaranteed a job mm-hmm. after this. Like, I'll have income and yeah. all this other stuff. Like, I'm too. not gonna be destitute. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's and like, fine. I like, so I emphasized a lot of the key points to her, and yeah. she was still not like on board with it, um, because she, you know. And I understand now as an adult, like mm-hmm. she's, she sacrificed a whole lot right. and she wanted me to have this life. And, yeah. um, in her eyes, being a doctor, a physical therapist, an engineer, a lawyer, it was like the gold standard for her and being mm-hmm. a teacher just wasn't what she had it's planned. It's a different path. It is. She, you know, absolutely. hadn't really thought out. So to answer your question, why yeah. teaching, I could sum it up to because like I moved to Memphis to teach because I know that there are students in Memphis that have similar backgrounds as me mm-hmm. who deserve a high quality teacher. And I strive to be the high quality teacher for them mm-hmm. um, because I had teachers in my life who really pushed me, for example, Miss Burns. And yeah. then I had other ones like Dr. Banker, Miss Tinker, like Miss Crawford, like all these amazing teachers I had in elementary, middle and high school who like, then as a kid, I didn't mm-hmm. know they were pushing me, but now as an adult, I'm realizing, oh shoot, they probably spent a lot of time pushing me and convincing me that I can be a really good human being and quality education was my way to becoming that quality human being or whatever you want to right. say. So that's why. I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about your story. And I love that you took it back to see how we got here to yeah. why you wanted to be yeah. a teacher. Because it's almost as if your life was setting you up to be a teacher you all think along. So. Like, like just the way to hear it. Um, I know it's not that simple no, 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 no. <laughs> by any means. Um, but it's really cool because to your point, right, you, you focused in on a little there. You talked about the teachers that have impacted you. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, it is insane to think how teachers truly can impact the trajectory Absolutely. of your life. Like, and for you to know that firsthand and enact that experience with your students, yep. I mean, that has to go mile. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you implement that style into the classroom? So it's, I, for me, it's all about consistency. I think about the adults in my life as a kid who are constantly in my life every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about my coaches and teachers. And so for me, like I had a hard time trusting adults for a variety of right. reasons. And the adults that earned my trust were the ones that are always there. They're good and bad. Consistency. Consistency, right? Like, you know, the teachers who I saw that were um, there every single day from 7.30 in the morning to 4 o'clock, whatever the time frame was. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I was like, there are some teachers who never take a break. Yeah. Like, who never, I never see them gone. Like, why are they always gone? Like, <laughs> I need a sub today. Y'all need a sub. Like, right. And so I began to, those teachers began to earn my trust. Mm. And I try to implement that with my students as far as, like, Earning their trust, but also like trying to build a relationship with them so that in moments when hardship arrives, like mm-hmm. they do poorly on the test or there's a disciplinary issue, like I can leverage that good relationship I have with them mm-hmm. to make it a learnable, a, a time we can learn from, or I'm yeah. trying to the phrase I want to use. Um, I thought you were about to say yeah. a teachable moment. Teachable, and I was like, there you. we go. Yeah, teachable <laughs> moment. Thank you. Thank you. Drawing a blank there. So um, earning trust and forming positive relationships to leverage that in yeah. hard times. So, I yeah. think that's really cool. And so you hit it a little bit. So I want to go back to Please. it. We talked about what brought you to Memphis, how yep. you got here. You were just interning, like you got the thing. Yep. What has kept you here to do great, the great work yeah, you're doing? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have lived in Knoxville, I went to undergrad in Asheville mm-hmm. and now I live here in Memphis. I've lived in all three, uh, you could say, major cities yeah. in Tennessee. 
Um, it's really like Chattanooga or Jackson mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, Memphis is my favorite of the three. If I had an applause button, this is where I'd use it. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, love Knoxville. It was my home for 18 years. I've grown to not like Nashville as much. I'm, mm-hmm. This is not. I'm not trying to be a. a yeah, this Nashville is not a Nashville bashing podcast. No, but this to. is just personal. Opinion. I'm trying to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to promote Memphis, and I think the reason why I've chosen to stay in Memphis past my commitment to NTR, to buy a home here, to get married here, mm-hmm. and settle down with my with my wife here, my family, has to be the people. And it's super cliche for me to say that, <laughs> but like, there's a certain grit about this city right there's a certain like i was told this before i'm when i got here to memphis people move to certain cities to get what they can people move to memphis to give what they can Mm -hmm. and memphis is a place that's so giving of people's time and efforts and energy and talent and strength like i think of all my friends who work in nonprofits from city leadership to new memphis Work at hospitals at St. Mm-hmm. Jude, Labonder, who work in all toward all sorts of education here in Memphis, and I think of like these are incredible, incredible people giving all their time and energy to make the city a better place. I was like, I have to be a part right. of this. Right. Like, I, I, I have to be. So that's what's kept me here. Like these relationships that I have with people that are just doing incredible work for the city, and like there are people that no one knows about that are just yes. like grinding it out there and like serving their community in every aspect and different aspects of it so i have to say like the the, excuse me the relationships i've formed Mm -hmm. here with people and just this like just this gritty perfect blend of like just like opportunity and um just it's a great it's a great city yeah Yeah. i I wholeheartedly agree because i think that is something that's so often outside of memphis that gets left out of the narrative of memphis i feel like is like people focus on the problems we have but they don't focus on the people that are here in the city working to solve them because i guarantee you if they focused on that we would outrank many cities absolutely and i think people just choose to focus on like the surface level stuff because mm-hmm. they're afraid to get dive deeper and like yes. get to know the people of this city um and yeah we have hardships but like every city every in america city, yes. every city in america has like issues and crime and whatever it may be but like for some reason people love to focus on the ones in memphis which is like sure it's a part of the city but like we need to flip that narrative and like focus on the good that is happening in the city and i can yeah. tell you there's a lot of really really good things happening in the city agreed that there are so many things happening in the city that are great you are one of those things happening in the Thank city that much. are great so in terms of talking about this work all the great change possible change that i know the education system is working yep. to enact what would be your ideal hope for like the future of education specifically here in memphis yeah i think So in my, this is strictly my opinion. Yes, of course. Like, I think education, the whole like framework of it mm-hmm. and how it's designed has not been working for a lot of our students. And I think we need to get rid of it, in my opinion. Okay. And change it, completely radicalize it and just change it to meet specific needs for our students, right? Like, I think we try to fit all these students into a cookie cutter mm-hmm. template which is not true. And that's why I've learned like every student is so different in their needs and their wants and their expectations. For example, like the first school I worked at after my residency was at Hamilton high school. Okay. South Memphis, yeah. 99% African-American students. Right. After there, I went to Kingsbury high school, which is probably the most diverse school in Memphis. If not Tennessee, I would put money on that. I mean, we had kids from all over the world speaking tons of different languages so like the needs there are completely different right. yet they're all under shelby county schools and they are expected to meet the same criteria in both different places and it's like not feasible mm-hmm. so in my view i think more individualized student learning yeah. um which is very hard to do i understand it mm-hmm. takes a lot of power and it takes a lot of teachers and, and resources resources yeah. yes but like if we're not investing in these students who are going to be our future employees employers leaders in our community like then what's the point of having of educating them right like they're not just a number or a data point we're trying to push through have them hopefully memorize something do well on a test and move them to the next grade like that doesn't work because they're not robots like 
Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. truly needing the time, energy, and resources to kind of customize Absolutely. that student experience. Because to your point, it is, I get as well, kind of like you said, like yeah. I get why it is the way it is, like overarchingly currently. Mm-hmm. But there's always room to improve yes. that. Like, and obviously we can't do like a customized plan for of every course. single student. And that's like the far side of the spectrum. Right. So like hopefully but we like, can meet in the middle somewhere. The, yeah. Where is the intersection yeah. of where those two things could kind of marry? Like, do I think every child should be given the exact standardized test? No. Right. Because like <laughs> I had kids who couldn't read or speak English. Yeah. Like, how is that fair to my students at Kingsbury? Or what? Like, that's not fair to them. And right. so like. Most of the time, if they don't know English, they can't perform well mm-hmm. on the test, and then that looks badly on them, looks badly on the teacher, looks badly on the school, and so, like, that's not very fair to people. Agree. So, yeah. I think you hit, like, I think that's a really cool place to see. Usually when we ask that question, like, we get similar answers again. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I think we've gotten that one about a more customized experience, so yeah. I think that's really cool. That takes time and yeah. earning kids' trust and getting to know your it's children. It's definitely a process mm-hmm. um, to get to that destination. Absolutely. But I think it's a very interesting one. So you have been, you said you got through MTR in like 2016? Correct. Well, so I finished my residency 2016, finished my master's courses, and I ended my commitment to MTR in 2019. Okay, so you've been teaching then in Memphis for about... This is my seventh year. Seventh year. So I think that's, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. So okay. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to do. I was like, okay, if you did it then, then the math. Yep. So you are pretty well tenured at this point in terms it's of. It's weird to think that. But it yes. is. Yeah. Like, You're like, I'm the adult. I make the decision. Is, yeah. It is weird. Like I, at my school now, there are teachers that are like younger than me. I'm like, oh, that was me a few years ago. Like, <laughs> I remember so what weird. it was like to be a youth. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> like, but so like you are pretty, you've been here, you've been in it for a while. Yep. What is something that you are really proud of that you have accomplished in your time teaching? Like the one thing you're like, this is my gold star moment. <laughs> so two things come to mind. Oh, we love two. Yes. I, love, I apologize. I, no, do I not can't. ever apologize for so more than one gold star moment. It was after spring break, uh, my second year of teaching. And I did not want to come back to school after spring break. It was a rough year for me. Yeah. I was like, why am I teaching? I should have gone to physical therapy school. And to be completely transparent, like I have... And I had those thoughts pretty frequently. Oh, yeah. Like, so I just want to make like, pe- I, I just want to make our <laughs> listeners understand. Like, I am not this teacher's. Like, I love teaching all yeah. the time. This is perfect. I'm like, no. There were definitely <laughs> times, and there still are times. I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? Like, um. So, anyways, so it was after the spring break, and one of my students, Deshaun, who I taught the year before, teaching him again this year, knocks on my door, and he's a big prankster and mm-hmm. a joker. And I'm like, Deshaun, up at class. What do you want, man? And he hands me an envelope. I was like, what is this? I open it up. Yeah. Top of the, I see in the far left corner, Lane College, right below. Deshaun, congratulations. You've been admitted to enroll in fall of 2018 as a freshman. I look up. He's smiling and crying. I start crying. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to college. And so, like, I'm freaking out. I yeah. give him a huge hug. I probably should not have given a hug. I don't well, care. You know, but I'm like. That's amazing. So Deshaun was, like, this kid who was, like, he and I butt heads. Mm-hmm. Right? It's one of those where I told him, I told you earlier, like, I had to earn his trust mm-hmm. because he had a lot of adults in his life. That Leave in and out. Yeah. Right? And me being a male figure in his life, like, really did not do mm-hmm. well. I'm like, he and I butt heads all the time. So I was consistent with him. And I taught him that year and taught him the next year and he I finally earned his trust and he's like Mr. Scott I think I kind of want to go to college and I was like all right buddy realistically he's like I think I want to go to U of M I'm like your grades right now might be able to get you in but here's some other routes Mm -hmm. for you that can help you possibly like a community college for two years improve your grades yeah enroll in a four-year it's like an alternate plan to get you to the same destination so I was trying to like I didn't say I didn't say no to him Mm -hmm. I said Yes, we can do this. Yes. Here are the realistic expectations. Because I didn't want him to be like, I'm going to University of Memphis. And all mm-hmm. so I'm like, listen, you have to, because of the decisions of your past, which don't define you, mm-hmm. we have to improve. And here's how we're going to work to get there. And so he got into Lane College, super excited. As far as I know, he is, um, went to Lane, 
and he should be at U of M right now. If he's not, I'm gonna be very mad at him. <laughs> if you're out there listening to yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, you know where you should be. Anyway, so that's where you're, um, that was one of my proudest yeah. moments, just because I saw so much hard work that had paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very proud of Deshaun about that. Second thing happened actually last year. So I moved schools after Kingsbury to St. George's Independent School, okay. um, the Collierville campus um, on Houston Levy. That is from 6th to 12th grade. Okay. So I normally had taught um, high schoolers, freshmen through seniors. And when I got to St. George's, they asked me to teach 7th grade science. I was like, I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about like 12 and 13 year olds, but I'll give it a try. Actually, I love seventh graders. Really, they are this weird like blend of like immaturity and just hilariousness, and like they are so fun. I love seventh graders. I will not tell them that to their face. Yeah, I'm like that is a bold statement. I gotta keep them humble, right? (laughs) But I do love them a lot. Um, so my first class there, I taught class of twenty twenty five, I think. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Some amazing students, some of the brightest, most talented students, um, just quirky, weird <laughs> kids, love them to death. So at St. George, there's an award called the Apple Award that is given to a middle school teacher that is chosen by the exiting eighth grade class. Okay, oh. so this is the end of their eighth grade year. They're Talk about, about the- a prestigious award. I yeah. mean, you're getting awarded from... <laughs> Yes. Seventh and eighth grade? Come on. And so <laughs> like, they're they're about to leave yeah. and go to high school. And so I'm looking at the pamphlet because all the middle school teachers had to go to the event. Okay. The end of school. End of year event from eighth to ninth grade. So I'm sitting in the crowd. I'm looking at the pamphlet. I'm like, oh, two of my favorite students are about to present a war. I'm like, oh, this is the Apple Award. I'm like, oh, great. They get up on stage and they're talking and they're like, Apple Award is given to this teacher who does all this stuff. I'm like, could be a, a number yeah. of us, right? And they start getting a little bit more specific about like <laughs> this teacher. Like, You're like, could it be me? Like this <laughs> this teacher has always made class really fun and all this other stuff. And um and the girl at the one of the girls is like to the co to the teacher that also doubles as my coach, the Apple War goes to Mr. Taylor Cal. And like I'm like Oh my gosh. And so like all my teaching friends and Peters all stand up, give me a round of applause. Um, like parents and students were there. They all give me applause. So I got the award, found out like they had secretly got my wife out there too, to be, they did the all the I mean, they're incredible. so like the fact that like, it, it's not a national award. It's not even a city. Award. It's like literally chosen by like 77th graders yeah. or now freshmen now who thought, they thought that much of yes. you and, and the they work picked you've me. done. Yeah. And so they gave, like, and I coached soccer there, too, for the middle school, for the boys and girls teams. And they gave me a whistle that was engraved, <laughs> Coach Cal. And so, and it said, love from the class of 2025. And I use it all the time now. Yeah. And it's, like, my one of my prized possessions. But uh, those are two moments that are, like, yeah, that's me. See, like, I hear people talk about these moments, and I always love to ask that question because I think it's things that we as people in the community don't get access to, right? Mm -hmm. We can sit here all day and be like, teaching must be such a rewarding job or it's such a hard job. They have the most, you know, hard things to do, which, accurate. But to hear, you know, moments like that, when I said that was a prestigious award, that wasn't me being facetious because seventh, eighth graders, they can be brutal. And for oh, them yeah, to give gosh. you an award, yeah. like, you made an Bro. impact in yeah. some shape, form, or fashion. So. I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, I was very grateful. And I'm yeah. still grateful for that. And I, like I said, that class will hold a special place in my heart for sure. Yeah. So, I'm and I'm sure I'm sure our audience of freshmen, the current freshmen at high school are listening yeah. to this. Yeah, if you're listening right now, go do your homework. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, you, I could feel like I could talk to you forever. Please, like, you yeah. have so much insight. So I know we just touched on it a little bit about, you know, the community's understanding of the education landscape and what's happening. What do you think the community could know more of or what could we do better that we may aren't doing to support teachers? Yeah. Um, So I think people know that teachers are trying really Mm -hmm. hard. I don't think people understand how amazing our students are in this city. Like, I think they, tr- I think people don't give enough credit to these teenagers and these mm-hmm. kids that, like, 
They don't want pity. They don't need a handout, right? They just need an adult there who cares about them and hold them to an expectation. So, yeah. like, I want my the listeners to know that, like, there are incredible kids in the city in North, South, East Memphis. There are incredible kid, kids in Cordova and Collierville and Germantown. Like, wherever, in all of Shelby County, there are amazing students that are doing really incredible things who have the potential to do greater things. And a lot of them just need an adult that believes in them and holds them to a really high expectation because they need it and they want it, whether they don't admit it. Mm-hmm. So they got to understand that. But also, like, yes, there are hundreds and thousands of teachers that are doing really hard work. And I think the biggest thing you can do for them is just, like, it sounds super cliche, <laughs> just, like, just say thank you. Yeah, acknowledge it. Just yeah. acknowledge it. Like, I don't, like, no one goes into this profession, like, knowing that they're going to get, like, recognized for all the right. work they do but like if you have a teacher friend like send them a text hey thanks for what you're doing yeah or just ask them like you okay right. because like teaching by itself is hard teaching in memphis is hard teaching during a pandemic is like <laughs> it's like next well, level hard yeah, it's like, yeah so like so listeners if you're out there and you have a friend that's a teacher or you have multiple friends as a teacher yeah. text them Give them a call. Send them an email. Just say thank you. Check out how they're doing. Be available to listen. Don't take it personally if they don't want to talk about it. Like, just whatever that person needs, like, reach out. Say thank you. Um, and that goes a long way. Like, I love a good handwritten note. And so whenever our students or peers write me a handwritten note, like, that just gives me so much joy and it reminds me of, like, why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's something they can do for the, the teachers in the city. I love that. See, guys, you heard it here first. Taylor has shown such a light today on teaching <laughs> and the cool stuff he's doing in his classroom and in the city. You came to us through our wonderful program like MTR, um, which is something that's great about Memphis, is we have things like Memphis Teachers Residency. We have Teacher TFA, America. Yeah, like all, all, all of the these things. amazing programs. Yeah, so for those people that may be listening who are akin to you, right, and yeah. are like, I wasn't going to be a teacher, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. What is your advice to them in seeking out these programs? Like, how do, how do you recommend your experience? Yeah. So I start with having them ask themselves, like, if I'm considering teaching, why? Like, yeah. what are your motives? Right? It's not to discourage anyone. It is a yeah. tough profession, right? Nope. <laughs> are you in it for the money? Sorry, you got to go somewhere <laughs> you else. You got to go. First of all, no. Are you in it, are <laughs> you in it to get recognized? No, go somewhere else. Like... What are what is your motivation for right. this, right? Like, and really think about it. And that and that could change over time. Like when I first got to MTR, I was like, I want every single kid to go to college. Mm-hmm. That has changed for me because I'm realizing that like not every child needs to go to college. Right. Not every child has had the foundation to set them up to be successful in college. Right. We we talk about this all the time. Like, oh, we want to get kids into college. No, we want kids to finish college. Mm-hmm. And statistically, like, there are a lot of kids who are finishing college because they do not have the foundation that sets them up with the skills and knowledge to finish college and be mm-hmm. successful. So instead, we got to look at other alternatives, right? Um, tech schools, career schools, whatever it may be. And, like, we as a society need to stop, like, looking down on those schools and realizing, like, these are essential workers that we need in our community and our society. Um, so, one, to any aspiring teacher really ask yourself what is your motivation what are your motives why do you want to do this to i recommend doing a teach for america doing an mtr because you're going to be trained by people who know how to teach in memphis mm-hmm. right yes teaching is a career that you can probably bounce around from multiple cities and across the world but teaching in memphis is very specific because there is historical context there's racial context that needs to be taught and learned in order to be successful in my opinion mm-hmm. um even our even like teaching in certain neighborhoods like i recommend like getting to know a teacher who like either lives or teaches in that neighborhood and be like hey how is teaching in the heights different than teaching in north memphis or in orange mount or Binghampton? like because there are differences mm-hmm. and so you have to understand those differences and those will help you become a more successful teacher and then to those teachers just realize like most days are going to be hard and that's okay (laughs) find a way to express and release that tension that 
anger, whatever feeling mm-hmm. you may have because of your day in a, in a healthy way. Um, because full transparency, I didn't for yeah. a very long time. I balled it up and it was not healthy for me until I saw it after a counselor and a therapist and allowed me to work through a lot of things that I was experiencing as a teacher and things I was hearing from my students. Um, and then just finding a really good community to like get yourself out of like, mm-hmm. so like work, work balance, all that good stuff right. too. So, um, but please, it's a, it's a great job. It's a great career. Please move to Memphis. It's a great city. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you won't regret it. Guys, you heard it here first, really. I mean, I think that's a perfect place to end it, Taylor. Yeah. Like, just a call for people that are thinking about it, explore it. I love that you put out the call to really establish your motive yeah. as the first step, because I think that's really what's going to carry you through it when yeah. the rest of it's not going so yeah. well. Um but overall, thank you so much for all you do. And we're so excited that you are one of our recipients of the Educators of Excellence thank Award you. this I year. Thank you. I really am grateful for New Memphis in this award. This is very prestigious. And I was very excited when I found out I was a recipient of it. So thank you all very yeah, much. Yeah, I was this. super excited reading your application. I was like, oh, yes, when? <laughs> like, just, <laughs> it was, it's always weird feeling that I was, I was like, should I brag about myself? I think I should. But like. Like, I think this if there's awkward. a place, this is it, but I don't know. <laughs> I was like, writing all this, I was like, I gave it to my wife, who, like, is my reality check. I was like, Love it. is this too much? She's like, it's 100% too much, but you should still submit it. I'm like, right. thanks, babe. I appreciate that. Yeah. And this is the kind of affirmation I need. So thank <laughs> She's you. like, this is an instance where I need you to be extra. Yeah. Like, other yeah. places, maybe pull it. <laughs> yeah. well, by other times, it literally in our house, she's, like, giving me a check and, like, making sure I bring my <laughs> ego down. I love it. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah, for having me. I really appreciate so much. it. And guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are y'all? Great. Good. So you are a geometry teacher at Martin Luther King College Prep High School, correct? That's, that's a yes. mouthful. That's I a know. Mouthful. Right, yeah, it is. <laughs> Do y'all go by any, like, acronyms? Yeah, or? we just MLK Prep. Okay. okay. Well, that's yeah. what I, that makes more sense, but, you know, got to get the whole thing out there. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, as you know, Aaron is coming to you live on this podcast today because he is one of our recent recipients of the Educators of Excellence Award. Ooh. Round of applause. Um, so, Aaron, first things first. I want to know what made you want to be a teacher. Uh, <laughs> so you're like, let me take you back right, on the journey. Yeah. It all started <laughs> when. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've always had a passion for learning, a passion for education. You know, ever since I can remember back when I was in elementary school, just being excited to go to school. Um, and as I got older, you know, um, in high school and things like that, I was often helping my classmates with, like, their geometry homework, with their algebra homework, things of that nature. And so um, when I was in college, um, I decided to apply to Teach for America. Okay. Um, I wanted to move back closer to home. And so I, you know, applied to Teach for America, and I know Memphis was one of their high-priority areas. Um, so I, like I said, I just... I've always had that inkling for education, for teaching others, for helping others understand materials. Um, and so I, I decided to apply and it's, it all went up from there. <laughs> I love that. Anna Thompson and I were actually talking a little bit before you came on because uh, geometry is the one and only class I have ever failed in my entire <laughs> life. And I could have used you back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about that help you gave your friends with, yes. your, yeah, with yeah. your homework. Christy would have loved that help yeah, right, no, it, right about now. I, like, it was the one subject that could forever eluded me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not for everyone. So I respect yeah. I respect all teachers to a high degree, but math teachers, I'm like, guys, just because I will never understand. <laughs> yeah, that's usually people's reaction to it. But, you know, I try to make it fun and exciting Good. and, you know, break it down for people, yeah. you know, because it's not that you can't do it. It's just like it's not being explained to you on your level. Yeah. So, I like that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And like you talked a little bit about how you did TFA, right, which mm-hmm. is Teach for America. You guys will hear us call it TFA, all these acronyms. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but how did you feel like you did want to come back to your roots in your hometown? How did you feel when you got placed back in Memphis? Um, I was really, really excited. Um, the application process for TFA is 
very lengthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke for sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so to know um, that I was making it through uh, the rounds to, mm-hmm. you know, finally be accepted, I was really excited. And, you know, I was even more excited um, when I found out that I would have a job placement, you know, mm-hmm. upon graduating, you know, before I graduated college, right. I'd already know, known, you know, what school I was going to be teaching at, what grade I was going to be teaching and things like that. So that was really um, exciting. And I knew Teach for America was a very prestigious program. Um, I didn't know exactly all of what yeah, to expect. Yeah, the ins and outs of right. everything they did. <laughs> Right, exactly. But I knew it was an opportunity for me to, you know, become an educator and, you know, do something that, like I said, you know, I've always been excited about. So for those who don't know, Teach for America, you have you have a job placement as soon as you get done with that programming, correct? Mm -hmm. And then you make a commitment for how many years? For two two years. For two years. Mm -hmm. So after the two years is done, what made you decide to say, one, I'm staying in education Mm -hmm. and two, I'm staying in education in Memphis? Oh yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I had I had grown to love my placement school, which is Fraser Elementary, which oh, is right awesome. next door yeah, to yeah, MLK yeah. Prep. Yes. <laughs> um, so that was my placement school. So I had you know grown in love with the community, with the students, with my coworkers, and of course you know I wanted to stay there. Um, and staying in Memphis, I felt was you know it was the right thing to do. It was the best move for me to make uh, at the time, just because you know I really do believe in the potential of the city and I do think that you know it's going to take a lot of like you know people who are doing you know fighting the good fight to stay here to actually like put forth the effort into making it the city that we all know it has the potential to become. So as a Memphis native myself, no hate, no shade to those who like Christy. Who I love that choose. you're looking at me. I'm like a Memphian by choice. AP. I know. I know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You didn't let me finish. So no hate, no shade to people who choose yes. to be in the 901. But those of us who are brought up here, there's mm-hmm. a special kind of something, something. Y'all do. You do. I so, agree. Yeah. So what do you think makes you more, do you think you're, I'm not going to say more invested than somebody who came here after the fact, Christy, I know you're giving me the eyes right <laughs> now. I would never insinuate <laughs> that, listener. I would never insinuate that someone who's that's born here cares more about this city, but I'm just saying. It's a different understanding, I do. What, how do you think it helps you in the classroom and as an educator in general? Uh, well, you know, um, just being from the area, I'm actually from Horn Lake, if you're familiar. Oh, so yeah. yeah. It's right outside of Memphis. Um, but just being from the, from the area just gives me, well, I, I was able to go in just like not feeling like I had to get adjusted to anything really, right? Like, so I feel like I had um, some a uh, little bit more context, you know, going gotcha. into the classroom. Um, and I don't know, I'm... I'm somewhat of a prideful person. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I want Memphis to do great. I want it to be great because, you know, this is the area in which I grew up, you know. It's uh, home. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I just want it to be the best that I know it can be. So what, on the tail end of that, so what is your hope for education in Memphis? What do you hope? Like, what is your like slam dunk for Memphis education? In a perfect world, what would happen? Ooh. Or what would the outcome be? AT coming with a hard hitting yeah. question. I mean, you don't have to have like the solution or the formula, but even, <laughs> even if you just like paint the picture of what it would look like, yeah, that's sometimes a little more appetizing yeah. than maybe like how to climb Everest is like what the view from the top yeah. of Everest looks like. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. like world peace. Thank you. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so. You know, for me, I think education should just be something that prepares people for their futures, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so for me, um, I think that, you know, it just needs to look like, you know, where students, when they graduate high school, they know, like, without a shadow of a doubt, I can go start this career here, or if I want to go study further, I can go to this program, to this school. And, you know, I think as we are getting you know, more into the 21st century, I think it's important for us to uh, reevaluate what education actually looks like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the uh, with the amount of technology, the access to information that we have, like, what does that look like for the future for, of our students, right? Um, because I feel like, you know, education hasn't changed since we established public education, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, you know, things are pretty much the same, but I feel like it should be, it should prepare students for their future. I think that um, whether 
they want to be a graphic designer or whether they want to be a hairstylist (laughs) (laughs) or whether, you know, they want to be a doctor, you know, um, making sure that wherever they get their education, that they feel best prepared to, you know, forge ahead in life. I love that. I think that's an awesome point because preparing students leads right into something I wanted to bring up because you wrote very passionately, I might add, in your application about you and to quote, guys, your, your very favorite <laughs> yes, thing I'm to ready. do. <laughs> Providing those who have been traditionally undereducated and ill-prepared with the tools to contribute their talents to the growth of Memphis. You are working, right? It's so good. You are working to prepare these students. So I would love to hear you talk a little bit about the tools you are equipping your students with. Right, yeah. So, um, I mean, of course, I teach geometry. Obviously. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, you know, just – because I teach geometry, you know, it doesn't stop there for oh, me. Exactly. Right? You know, You're not like a one-stop shop teacher of just math and all, it's all you do. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I want students to learn, you know, life skills, right? I want them to be able to learn how to um, have, you know, great social skills, how to yeah. interview, you know, how to um, engage with their friends, with their family, you know, just those like things that you you know you can't really like teach you can't bo- you can't boil it down to a curriculum right. right and so it's like how how to just set students up for success you know prepare them for the things that they're going to encounter um because it's something that I wish that I had right mm-hmm. i mean of course you know you hear from your parents like you know you're going to want to do this you're going to be sorry later right. on in life <laughs> you know and so just you know being a um an adult who's in their lives who seem to really like care about, you know, where they end up, right? Mm-hmm. And to know that, you know, it's not gonna be easy, but, you know, we're gonna work through this together, right? Yeah. I'm gonna give you some tips, I'm gonna give you some skills, and it's up to you. You can take it or leave it, but you know that you have an adult here who really is genuinely concerned for mm-hmm. you and for your future. And wants to make you like an, em- an empathetic, that's, I can't even <laughs> say that, but like, <laughs> Um, an equipped, empathetic, like, contri- con- I can't even speak on oh, my word, con- contributor, so contribution, contributor, contributor to yeah. society is what I was tr- uh, trying to say. Right, yeah, exactly. You okay, so go ahead, Christy. Sorry, I was No, you're good. In. No, go for it. I was just going to say you brought up, you know, you do teach geometry, but more comes with that. But geometry is one of those subjects that you hear a lot of kids, adults, like a.k.a. me, Christy, <laughs> yes. gripe about. Like, how do you make something like that fun and engaging? Because I just know, the little I know about you reading your application, I know that you have to add some flair to it to make your students (laughs) engage. So I want to hear a little about that. Yeah. um, When I teach, I bring my full authentic self to the Ah, classroom. So it's like, you know, I'm not sitting up there acting like I'm this perfect geometry Mm -hmm. master (laughs) who knows everything. You don't have a cardigan with like patches on your elbows. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I I try my best to engage my students, Mm -hmm. you know, in the material. I try to make it, you know, fun and engaging. Right. So just even if it's the way that I say something, right? Or you know, if I give a shape a nickname or something mm-hmm. like, that, Ooh, I like um, that. I try to make sure that students know that, you know, my goal isn't to just teach you geometry, but also build a relationship mm-hmm. with you too. So I take interest in their lives outside of my classroom, right? Hey, you know, how's your dog doing? You know, how's that project you've been working on going? How's your rap career yeah. going? You know, just all of those different things just to show students that like, you know, I am your geometry teacher, Mm -hmm. but I'm also like, you know, an adult, like I said earlier, you know, just an adult who's concerned for you and your future. And I hope that that begins to translate. So when I'm teaching, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I can see it over students' eyes, like they're really engaged, right? Um, They may not fully understand the material, but because they know this is an adult here Mm -hmm. who like has shown some concern for me, who shows that, you know, he actually cares. So I'm gonna pay attention to him right now. And, you know, some students, they, They'll come up, oh, I didn't understand this quite well. And I'll, you know, try my best to explain it in a different way for them. And just say, come on, you got this. You know, giving them that encouragement that they need. Because, like you said, it's math. People are like, oh, I don't really understand math like that. (laughs) It's not my subject. And for a lot of people, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you (laughs) You're right. It's actually not your subject. (laughs) Right. It's just not. But uh, when we started class at the beginning of this year, you know, I made sure, you know, to tell, you know, we talked about a growth mindset and a fixed Mm -hmm. mindset, right? You establish that baseline of trust with your students and they like believe in you that even if they don't know what they're doing, they have the trust in you to come to you and be like, 
excuse me, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, and when they do, I'm all like, oh, it's no problem. It's fine. That's yes. why I'm here, right? If you yes. knew this stuff already, I wouldn't have a job. So, Ooh, I yeah. like that because yeah. that's, I feel like, too, we were talking, again, before you came in here about math and uh, both of us being on, like, the journalism, like, graphic design kind of <laughs> side of things. Math was obviously probably not our forte or else we would have maybe pursued different careers. Well, look, right. I was a pre-vet originally in college and switched to graphic design, if that tells you anything. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> math can one reason so many people love it is because it is so Mm -hmm. absolute Mm -hmm. but it can also be very daunting because if you don't understand how to get the answer i mean it's the answer there it is so it i feel like it can be very frustrating as a student and i'm sure as a teacher to be like well that's the way it is Mm -hmm. and so for you even just describing how you interact with your students i can tell very much that you're not like well two plus two is just four because that's the way it is you're you're very much like well let me make you see it let me help you understand why it's that way let's like walk through an example of why this and how this and all these other things which i feel like is to your point christy it builds that trust it Mm -hmm. does build that relationship Mm -hmm. and it has the ripple effects in the personal life like outside of just the geometry classroom as well Right, yeah. It's all about meeting students where they are. Mm-hmm. Or meeting, you know, just like me teaching my mom how to use the computer, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have to meet her where she is. Yes. I mean, she's familiar with the typewriter, so she knows, mm-hmm. like, you know, the keys on the keyboard. So it's just all like, you know, how can we build off of where you are and get you to where, you know, where I know you need to be in order to feel more successful? Ooh, yeah. I think that's a great mindset to have and to carry into that, right, is that mm-hmm. teacher mindset. Um, so you, we have failed to mention, are also an Embark alumni <laughs> of New Memphis. So guys, you know that's our Young Professional Program. Aaron is a member of that as well as a now an educator of excellence. So he is not a stranger to the New Memphis Network. <laughs> not at all. But he gives back to us by providing equity, diversity, and inclusion workshops to some of our Embark classes. So I would love for you to kind of touch on how you implement that work outside the classroom, but also while you're in the classroom as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I actually, you know, happened up on the opportunity, a friend of mine, Carl Schneider. Yeah. Give him a little shout out. <laughs> Name dropping. I love right, it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who's also an Embark alum yes. as well. Um, so, you know, he reached out to me about the opportunity and it was something I was like, you know, yes, I would love to be able to, you know, work with you and do this. And so we've been partnering and doing this with Embark for a couple of um, sessions now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that type of work is just so important, especially because I feel like by being in the classroom, right, you know, I said I want to give kids the skills um, or the tools that they need to be successful in their future. But also we have to know that, like, you know, they are entering a world where, you know, they have been traditionally marginalized, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's important for those people who do hold those positions to understand how the system has impacted people of color and particularly black people for sure, um, especially in a city like Memphis that's majority black, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if I if I say that I want to prepare my students for the future, it's not just giving them those skills, but it's also to make sure that those opportunities are there for them. And I think as we become a much more inclusive and diverse society, we need to ensure that, you know, the employers are, you know, ready to receive, you know, the people that are going to be applying for these jobs, right? Yeah, the next generation. Right, exactly, exactly. And so, um, you know, in my classroom, you know, I talk to my students, we talk about discrimination, we talk about racism, we talk about, you know, how they feel, you know, um, on the receiving end of those things. We even talk about how have they been, you know, Mm. um, you know, uh, stereotyping others or, you know, being discriminatory against others and things like that. And understanding that, you know, as human beings, we all have like these biases and things like that that are going to impact us as we are, you know, growing in society and, you know, navigating the world and things like that. And just knowing or being able to recognize those things and hopefully, you know, do something about them um, so that they don't so negatively impact them. So wait, this is all coming back to me. Did you do a staff workshop here with us? I did. (laughs) <laughs> and whenever you said Carl, I was like, wait a second. It was after I had just started. It's all coming yeah. back. Yes. Like, don't make me cue Celine right now. But like, <laughs> it, it is. It's all coming back to me now. Like, I was like, wait a second. You talking about, like, the inclusion and the biases and all this stuff. So good. Y'all mm-hmm. were so good at this. Okay. Sorry. The mask threw me. It's, it's hard for me to recognize <laughs> yeah, people with masks on. I know. It's so crazy. But yes. No. So I, we can speak firsthand experience. Yes. He's a fabulous facilitator. <laughs> well, how, like, so... 
you teach inside and outside of the classroom, obviously. I'm curious, just just strictly curious, by the way. Like, what is the difference you find in teaching younger people and adults? Hmm, let me see. Is there a difference? No, yeah, I'm just that, kidding. <laughs> meet, meet people where they're at, exactly. Christy. He already said <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm just curious, like, what the reception of things are like that when you go from having these conversations with younger people to having them with adults. Mm-hmm. To your point, sometimes it may be similar. Like, <laughs> well, well, you oh. know, for me, it's, I feel like I, I feel a bit intimidated when I have to present in front of adults mm-hmm. um, because I feel like, you know, they're coming with all of their different experiences. Right. And, all their you know, baggage. Right, this yeah. could be more negative. You're, <laughs> I, I'm like having a, a biased answer to this. I'm like, they're baggage. Yeah. They're terrible. I, like, mean, I mean, you're not wrong. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but, you know, with teaching the kids, you know, they're just, you know, sponges, right? They're mm-hmm. ready to take in this information for the most part. Um, but, you know, with adults, sometimes you have to fight against their biases, right? Um, yes. Because they have more life experience, you know, their things have impacted them in different ways. And so I try to take those things into account as well. And, you know, just try to be cognizant, like, I'm, as an adult myself, how would I feel sitting right. in their position, right? Do they need a break right now? You know, um, is this material engaging enough for them, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to pull some tricks from the classroom yeah. that, you know, work well with my students, and I find that they work just as well for adults. And so it's really, um, it's it's a it's a fine line, but for me, for the most part, mm-hmm. it's, it's about, like uh, Anna said, you know, meeting people where they are Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting them to where I think they should be or where they will want to be. Yeah, I think to your point, right, I think with adults, the key difference is that there have, it's the unlearning where students are more fresh and like more malleable at that age. They can (laughs) learn and take things in, in the best way. But like (laughs) adults, to Anna's point, baggage galore. (laughs) Like you have to just unpack some of that baggage and like get rid of it. So you're just killing it all over the place apparently <laughs> and then too like Try you it. said like having a minute to like take a break like if people's minds have just been blown and they don't even realize yeah. like how many biases they actually carry and employ mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis you're like okay hey, we're gonna take five now right. so you can like process like whoa what does that mean for me how can i change mm-hmm. that how can i do better now that i know better kind right. of a thing exactly. So um, this is not inherently, I guess, a follow-up question, but I was thinking (laughs) about it. So (laughs) bear with me, dear listener. You know I'm a little scattered. Um, So you were a candidate for the Shelby County School Board, correct? Correct. So we talk all the time internally about how we get people in our city particularly, but also just across the board to care about issues that that they don't necessarily feel impact them directly. So something that was brought up about the school, Shelby County School Board is, so what in your opinion do you think people that either have children or don't have children, like what should they be mindful of come election season, come like time to like make a difference for everybody? It shouldn't, I mean, I'm going to answer for you. I don't think, I don't (laughs) think it should just be like all about what benefits me, but just to like make sure that everybody's on the same kind of. Sorry, you can you can answer now. Oh, no. <laughs> now now cool. that I've not asked you a question and I've filled in the answer I for you. I feel like I know where you're going. Okay, now, right? okay. Well, you know, I think, um, um, like I said in my application, you know, this Malcolm X quote, you know, the future belongs mm-hmm. to those who prepare for it today, right? And so for me, it's about thinking about what type of, what kind of city do you want to live in, right? Whether I have kids or don't have kids, I'm going to have to go to the doctor. I'm going to have to go to the bank. I'm going to have to go to a restaurant or to a museum or whatever the case may be, right? And even if I don't have kids, right, um, somebody's kid is going to be serving me at this restaurant. Somebody's kid is going to be welcoming me to the doctor's office or whatever the case may be, right? And don't you want those people to be well prepared? You know, don't you want them to, don't you want to feel like you've received good service, right? And so I think a lot of times, yeah, people do, they're thinking about, like, the short-term benefit yeah, for them, Yeah, right? that's what I was trying, yeah, short, the immediate gratification right, of, like, yeah. what do I need right now? Right, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, if you know anything about politics, nothing is right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, you Whatever know. do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing we know, I mean, even with COVID, right, it still took a yes. while before there was, like, a full rollout about, like, how do we, uh, you know, attack this thing, right? How do we conquer it? And so I just think that, like, you have to understand that, like, you know, this is 
all about the future, right? Like, what do you want to see for the future? And when you go to vote, right, is this person aligned to the future that I envision for myself or for my lineage, right? Mm -hmm. Or for not, maybe not my kids, but my neighbor's kids, right? Or maybe my nieces and nephews or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I feel that all issues in some way touch every single person, right? It may not directly impact you, but in some way you're gonna feel its effects. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that it's it's necessary, it's um, critical for everyone to be involved, especially when it comes to education, I feel, because if the future isn't, if you know, children are the future, <laughs> hashtag Whitney Houston. Yeah, that's what I said, insert song here, right. that we do not have the royalties for. <laughs> It's like the musical reference, like. Right, yeah. And so, you know, in order for Memphis or any other city or this country to have a, a sustainable future, we have to ensure that children are, you know, best equipped to take over once mm -hmm. we pass on or, mm -hmm. you know, once we get all old and everything. <laughs> all old. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 told, I used to, like, I used to teach elementary school, and so I would tell my students, I would be like, you know, I told my students I was 86 all the time. <laughs> they <laughs> so, probably thought you were anyways. <laughs> well, you know, they would say, no, you're 50. I'm all like, me? I'm, do I really look 50? You're like, sheesh, all right, we're going to get to work on these math principles right, right now. <laughs> you get an F. Hey, you get an F. Yeah, right. Uh, but no, like, I, I used to tell them, I'm like, you know, when you guys get older, you know, I want you all to be able to take care of me. So, you know, I want you all to pay attention. <laughs> I want you to, you know, stay in school and everything because I'm going to be like 100 and something when you guys get older. So I'm going to need y'all and, you know, just like re remembering that we're all going to get older. We're all going to eventually, you know, be living in Memphis or somewhere where we're going to require others to take care of us. We're going to be at right? the mercy of whatever policies are in are in right. vogue at that yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, honestly. So yeah. it, if you're only thinking about the short game, listener, you're, you're doing it wrong. We need to think about the long game here. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All the time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's really an interesting thing to talk about, though, because as you plan for the future and look to the future, there are so many educators entering the field. Like TFA is great at placing those teachers in the field. I'm curious, you're such a well-rounded teacher, and like I've seen your resume, you've done so much cool work <laughs> in our city and beyond. What is some advice you have for teachers to stick it out for the long game? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> Um, my advice is that, you know, it's it's not easy, but it's worth it, right? Um, mm. Like Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy, but it's worth it. You know, when I have my students come to me or they're able to explain something to me that I taught them, like, it is so gratifying. Like, it is so, like, there's no other feeling like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so while, you know, getting up early, you know, staying late sometimes, you know, working well past – you know, the end of the school day right. sometimes, all of those things, you know, it's it's actually worth it, right? And then, like you said, you know, I've done other things, and I, you know, just recently went back into the classroom last year um, mm -hmm. with COPE, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in 2020. And so, um, you know, I have yet to find another job that is so, <laughs> I guess, you know, unique. So, like I said, so gratifying as being a teacher, right? You know, I've, you know, worked in different places with different people, done different things, but just, you know, working with my students and just seeing the, the, the excitement that they have for, you know, joining in on my classroom or, you know, yeah. just having those conversations, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's mm -hmm. a really good feeling. So, you know, any new teachers or anybody considering teachers, you know, the pay isn't all that great. <laughs> you do it for the love of the game. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, you do it for the love of the game. But, I mean, like I said, you know, you're paid in other ways that mm -hmm. just really make you feel like you are truly impacting someone's life. And, like I said, you know, just that feeling, its it can't be compared to anything else. That's amazing. I love that. That sounds, I mean, but also policy um, people, if you're listening, pay our teachers more. Okay. Yes. Okay, great. Thanks. Bingo. <laughs> it's going to happen because obviously. <laughs> obviously because I asked yes. for it, it will now happen, right? right. Okay. But that's you know, how it works. You got to manifest it. You, you got to speak it. I agree. It. Yeah. You got to speak existence. it. But yes, exactly. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap everything up though for today. I think this has been super great. You can obviously tell that this is not something that you're in 
just because you happen to fall into it. You're very passionate about it. You love the outcomes and you take that love and spread it around in other ways, um, like facilitating our wonderful class. <laughs> so we are very yeah. grateful and congratulations again yeah, on being so a 2021 much. educator of excellence, thank Mr. You, Aaron you. Youngblood. Yes, guys, Aaron is a rock star in the classroom, like I said, and beyond. He has worked for tons of places around Memphis. He's worked for organizations like our dear friends at Code Crew, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so you are just such an asset and we are so happy. You're already in the Memphis Network, New Memphis Network, but now you're even more ingrained in it. So <laughs> you're not getting rid of us, sir. All right. <laughs> thank awesome. you so much well, for taking the time. Thank you Christy and Anna, I appreciate it. Yeah, bye. bye. Okay guys, that does it for today's episode. I Look, every time we get to interview these teachers, AT, I just feel so impressed and just, I don't have children, but I'm like, these are the teachers I would want my children to have yes. if I did. You know? Yes. I mean, I truly, like, I sound so cheesy and I know I do, did through all of these interviews, but I, I really do believe that educators are like training up leaders for tomorrow. Yep. So it gives me goosebumps every time we talk to them and all of their different ways that they're like giving back and plugging in. It just makes me so excited. I also agree in such a big way. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to hear from our final honorees of this year's Educator of Excellence Awards. We could not do this without our sponsor of this award, the Cruz Foundation. And, you know, we are so happy to have supporters of this work. We are so happy to have supporters of this podcast. And we love hearing from people like you that get to listen and see how you activate in the community based on who you get to hear every week. So, AT, there is something, as a 501c3 nonprofit, which is us, New Memphis, who bring you this podcast every week, there is something we want the lovely people to do. What is that? It is. So, we would be remiss, again, if we did not say, one, how grateful we are for each of you, dear listeners, for tuning in every week. We could not do this podcast without you, and it is a much more fun <laughs> job because of it. And so, um, we are also so thankful for our community here in Memphis, like, Truly, 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 this week has us all in our feels about all, about our gratitude. And so we would not be able to activate on our mission without all of you. Um, so we would be grateful if you would consider donating to New Memphis as we enter the holiday season. Um, as a native Memphian, I love being a Memphian all year long. But there's something really magical about the holidays here in Memphis. So, again, please consider making a donation yeah. to New Memphis this holiday season. And Christy and I hope that you have a magical week. Guys, make our make us and our city a little bit merrier and brighter and donate at newmemphis.org. Bye. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.